Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I've been worshiping my heart out this morning. If you have noticed, <laughs> somehow, I called it uh, this morning, Retro Sunday. We went to some very classy worship songs, and it was unintentional. Just the Spirit moved us that way, and you know, it's amazing because a lot of those songs came out around the same time in the year, uh, I think around 95, 94, or moving forward. And, uh, and the spirit behind those songs were about one-on-one time. We started with In the Secret uh, Place and um, Intimacy, you know, Before the Lord. And I think it's something so profound and awesome. And uh, anyways, the Lord is moving in our midst, and I'm very thankful for our amazing church family here, but um, as I've shared multiple times, talking about the God is preparing us for this amazing season right now in our life, um, to be his warriors, to, to be prepared for battles that we're going to face because we're living in the age of technology and everything and information. Um, and it's amazing that despite of all everything that's going on around us, it's never been more harder to find an intimate one-on-one place, just quiet place, right? Even if you go, try to be in a quiet place. If you're reading a Bible on your phone, you'll get these notifications popping up. I mean, distractions are bombarding us. And I think it's so important that for us to be God's warriors, to be um, harvesters in this field, and for the people that are already hungry, it's so important that we find time to see God's face one-on-one. Uh, just one-on-one with the Lord to come into that secret, quiet place. Uh, I like to bring an example, just in any relationship, right? You want to get closer to, with anybody, uh, you spend time with them. Uh, you want to know your wife more, you want to know your husband more, you want to date more often, right? The, the intimacy of spending time with each other uh, outside of just your house, you know, one-on-one time, it, it really strengthens relationships. It works like that, not just in personal relationships. It works in fr- with friends that we can see. If you're after somebody's heart, they'll notice. And there's always results. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. You know, about how to get into that warfare mindset. How to be able to control and take every thought captive. Because like I said, we are continuously bombarded with information. And today, uh, the title of my message, uh, Holy Habits. <laughs> this, this, and uh, subtitle, The Secret Place. Um, because this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and it's going to be a little bit more teaching. I like getting little points here and there. Some of the stuff that really just spoke to me in my life. And it was very essential to me. And it really increased my prayer life and one in time with the Lord. So some of these points I'm going to point out. I'm not necessarily just because uh, these are the only seven points you follow to increase your prayer life. But I do believe these things uh, are biblical, and I'm going to use an example for that. Let's start off with Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 45. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. I wonder if there's uh, a deeper meaning behind that, right? While it was still dark, Jesus got up. Maybe if we're seeing the shadow of the future, right? But Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So I think Jesus is hiding from his disciples, namely probably Peter at this point. Um, You'll see why. Let's 
Let's take this moment and just, just for the raise of hands, just for interaction, let's uh, make Whitefields Church uh, a Catholic church for a moment, just a confession booth, right? Uh, how many parents have a hiding place in their home? <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, two. There are a few hands going up, all right? Um, some of you probably don't have kids yet, so you're just judging this whole situation from a different perspective, right? Like, or, you're, or you maybe have a, just a tiny little baby, a six-month-year-old. Like, oh, isn't she cute? You just snuggle up with him. Um, um, and some people are like, oh, if I had kids. I, I hear this because I interact a lot of times with youth and uh, some of the m- middle-aged people that are still not married. And says, oh, if I had, had kids, I'd be uh, emotionally available for my children. Uh, I want them to know the good, good heart of a father. And you, you hear them, and they're like, man, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but isn't it amazing that even Jesus, right, needed alone time with Jesus um, and his father, <laughs> right? Just a quiet time. Uh, this is really important. I do want to point out, uh, if you never spend time, um, disconnected time, right, from all the externals, you will always be driven by the agendas that come from every side. You just keep scrolling, you're comparing, and you're just like trying to figure it out. It really distracts you from the focus where God wants you to find in the secret place, right? In the secret place. The life of Jesus models that really well. Um, <laughs> although some people, you know, question like, well, Jesus wasn't uh, married and he didn't have children. You know, that's a very solid point. But I love Pastor Mark one time pointed out, he's like, well... But Jesus says, greater things will you do, right? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So, but God has given this ability. But Jesus models that so well that um, you can get up, you know, early in the morning. You can work from the point of place where you're at right now in your life, right? Um, what's he's teaching us? Not just getting up early because, thank God, I wasn't really a morning person, honestly, until I became a pastor. <laughs> um, but calling kind of forced me to love mornings. A little bit more, uh, also my kids, but that's mainly <laughs> the reason. <laughs> I think it's funny because, you know, I, I had to preach messages uh, in the morning, and a lot of times, you know, I didn't feel like I was a Christian until I was 11 a.m. Um, no, you, you know, I'm just speaking from my personal experience, and it's okay. You know, if you loved early mornings, that's amazing. Praise the Lord. And, but, uh, you know, I've had to work through this external stuff because I had probably bad habits. Speaking of habits, went to bed earlier, eat, ate late. Um, and, uh, you know, while you're sleeping, your stomach's never getting any rest because you're digesting food and stuff like that. So, um, but anyways, but I thank God because through all this experience in my life, God brought me here. And here I am enjoying my mornings. Um, but honestly, before I would have to like drink Jeff Campbell's coffee, and for those that haven't tried it, it's literally just, it's so thick and strong, right? But uh, yeah, it took me that to get saved in the morning. But praise God, we're here. Uh, but Jesus got up early, and why? Why did Jesus do that? To pray. And we see so many numerous scriptures all through the scripture. You know, he wakes up in the morning, and it's to align himself with his purpose. Um, I try to find that time with God in my house. It's, it's gotten a little bit challenging lately. Or got four kids, those that don't know. The youngest one is three months. Uh, well, it, it, I literally, I'm trying to get, like, get away and find a quiet time to work on my sermon or to pray. And you know what my kids started doing? They started FaceTiming me in my own house. Like, <laughs> straight from the, uh, you know, from the iPad. And they're like, Dad, 
Where are you? <laughs> we need you right now. Like I'm on their payroll. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, it's a job <laughs> to be a parent. I don't want to describe, I want to say this is the greatest blessing to have kids, but I'm specifically pointing that out because in reality, uh, all this stuff is life. This is the real stuff we're facing in. Um, in this world, you will have trouble. I'm not talking about kids. We're talking about like literally challenges. You will have kids and you have, you have a life to live and you have to spend time with your husband, your wife. So it can add up, okay? Anyways, let's get back to the scripture. Verse 36, Simon and his companion. So Jesus went to a solitary place, right? And then 36 says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. <laughs> I don't know why. I read this so many times, but I just opened up in a new way. I went to look in the Greek a little bit and it said that, Simon and his companions went to look for him. In the Greek, originally, it says they, they went to track him down. Um, it's like almost they were stalking him, right? Um, almost like something happens to you two years ago, right? And you're just trying to enjoy the moment. And here it comes, that moment. But anyways, verse 37. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. <laughs> um, and Jesus probably like, no way, Peter. <laughs> You know, Peter's um, talking to the Son of God who knows all things. I just think it's fascinating. Uh, this is how I read Bible sometimes, really. You know, you got to be there in that moment. But I love that verse 38 says, Jesus replied, let's go somewhere, uh, somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there also. Um, you know, it was like, thanks for reminding me, Peter, right? That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And... So we see here, the full picture, right? Jesus just trying to get away, have a fine, quiet moment with his father himself. Disciples go find him. So that obviously tells that even Jesus had those challenges. So that means we definitely will have challenges when it comes to finding alone time with God. And today I want to just use this opportunity to bring up like seven tips to improve your prayer life. Um, and I think some of these things are going to be very, very important. So first, number one, have a place, all right? Matthew 6, 6 says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, I like that specifically points that out, like just cut off the noise, right? Pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in a secret will reward you openly, so stuff that happens behind the scenes, stuff that is not popular, stuff that no one sees you begging on the door of the heaven when you're praying, you're seeking, you're praying over your kids, you're praying over their future. Those things are so vital that they happen in secret. God is like, I'm going to reward you openly about it. I will. Because God sees that time when we spend one-on-one -on -one time, when we're seeking Him, when we want to know God, right? Uh, when Moses had a divine encounters with God, we see that in Exodus, it happened in a particular place. It didn't happen in his bedroom uh, where he slept. It didn't happen in the kitchen where he was eating. There was a designated place to meet yeah. with God, all right? And um, Moses would climb up a mountain, says, to meet with God. He would also set up a tent right outside the campsite. And eventually, uh, a tabernacle was built there where he found also uh, to connect with God, right? And this is where people actually started following it's amazing how people watch your kids will continue to watch when you do that trust me it will turn into an amazing good habit we're talking about holy habits right when we practice each time before we go to bed to pray to read the scripture to read the bible um it's amazing 
And then kids will remind you if that's not even happening. It's like, what about us? We're praying individually, and I got, like, my own kids lining up in order, and Mika prays, Ryan, and it's awesome. Because now it's already set in their hearts, and they love that, you know? And um, so Moses had that designated place, right? And then people also followed that. They, they saw that. They established a tabernacle there. Um, so we need a designated place that becomes our secret place, right? It can be a room, closet, basement, park, river. I mean, we're surrounded by so many offices in Alaska. It seems like even to go outside, <laughs> it's already uh, it's easier to connect with the Lord. You know, I can't imagine in L.A. walking out and all this smell and everything. We are blessed to be in Alaska, so there's no reason for us not to find a secret place with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, so a place for us to isolate ourselves and to spend time with God. And when we looked at Mark 135, we just see that Jesus would go to desolate place, right, to pray. Um, and notice this is another life tip. Like he would either go early in the morning or late in the evening. Uh, a place that was quiet and away. And it's kind of a nice tip I took for myself because I'm like, huh, in the, early in the morning. So I can either wake up early before my kids wake up, spend time with the Lord, or I can... After I put kids to bed, uh, lately it's been me falling asleep with kids in bed, but that's all right. <laughs> I still wake up and I, I do that. And then uh, early in the morning has been, became awesome because uh, now my kids wake me up and I go and I like to take a shower and I turn on audio Bible and it's just, it works for me. So I think as we're chatting here, this, this is a how-to sort of message. It will, something will stir up within your heart and will make you want to establish that. It's really important that we do that in this season, I'm telling you, because the more we spend time with God, the more everything else around us starts to make sense. Because if you don't, like, you're going to just see this, and you're going to be shocked by everything. Notice that Jesus was never shocked by anything, you know? He, uh, he wasn't reacting. He was responding, right? And that's the difference. There's a difference when you, I've mentioned that before one of my sermons when I said, you know, you can react or you can respond. Like, notice, uh, we call it, they call it emergency response team, right? When they, they don't call it emergency reaction team. You don't call their... And just like, oh my gosh, my daughter's cut her finger. What do I do? What do I do? And then imagine just on the other side, you have this uh, person that's talking like, oh my God, oh no, what are we going to do? Like, and she reacts. No, they respond. They say, calm down, take a breath. You know, we got this. So when we, the more we spend time with God, the more we're going to learn to uh, respond rather than react and when we're living in this world people are reacting people are acting on impulses they see something I am offended <gasps> I'm offended for them everybody's offended right people are reacting they're not responding so the more we spend time with God the more we spend time with desolate place away in spirit in this presence of God the more we will be calm sustained the more I think our relationship with our in our marriages will be better with people that we surround ourselves better amen Number two, make it your new norm. We, it's been a popular word the last three years, right? So number two, make it your new norm. We're talking about a secret place. Um, if people can make it their new norm to always wear masks, I mean, you know, you can make a new norm to have a secret place with the Lord, right? I mean, it's realistic. So anyways, look at this, Exodus 33.7. I love the New Living Translation uh, because it points out that it's a habit. Watch this. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set up some distance from the camp. Right? So everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So kind of pretty much Moses established a good, uh, 
a setup here. This is where we get the idea of pastor having their own office, I think. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. I'm so thankful. Uh, this is my secret place. It really is. I love coming here and setting my office and praying, and I love to come there. And before even the uh, service starts, just to be able to worship the Lord and seek his face, um, it's awesome. And then sometimes I get right awesome people, visitors, like Pastor Mark and Jeff, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, focus, Vic. I'm kidding. I love you guys. I love when you come visit. I promise. Um, but we can see here that it was not something that Moses did occasionally. Uh, it was a habit he had, right? And people followed it. And so one of the things I want to point out, the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people, now obviously it's a common sense information, but I'll just remind us again, is that it's their habits. Every, every book, any motivational book you'll read about people, uh, growing in their business, whatever it is, is they were establishing good habits, okay? You can't really move forward if you just have a bad pattern in life. And God, there's a reason God made things in order. Uh, he gave us night to rest. He gave us seventh day to rest, you know. So there's things where we work and we sleep, amen? So, but everyone can be passionate or hyped about something, but our habits determine our character, lifestyle, and our future. So... Uh, I think making uh, a habit of entering to a secret place really going benefit, to benefit us. And the, when I found that, when I established it, and I tried a few different points, you know, where, where it would be my hiding place. One time it was my closet back in the day, I remember. And it was awesome. Where I'd go in there and it, it felt a lot quieter. There was no external noise. It was just, and I, I would just pray, just take a few moments, and I would just, just get on my knees. It's amazing what happens. So, uh, Choose a day, time to be in the secret place. Plan it out. Uh, uh, just like you would plan out a date, right? You plan where you want to go. And Lord, what am I going to pray about? Where and what will you do? Um, what, will you, what, what, will you talk, what will you talk to me? Like you can make, uh, just make a, a rough plan. Say, Lord, I want to come there and this is what I want to pray for. Uh, it's awesome to plan out. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't be afraid of a routine. That's what we call it, holy habits, right? And... Um, at the same time, don't make a secret place a religious task to be checked off, but rather like a practice. So does that make sense? And like I said, this is stuff that I'm sharing from my, like, my journal, straight up, like how I wanted to grow in the Lord. And this really helped me. And so hopefully a few people here will find that as a, a nice stepping stone for you know, moving closer into the Lord, enhancing your prayer life, right? So... Let's make a secret place a permanent part of our lifestyle. Number three, make it essential. Another popular word, right? <laughs> Something's essential. Prayer is essential. This is how we communicate with the Lord. Amen? Jesus is not our supplement. He is our source, right? It's not addition. He is, he is our source. Look at this. In Exodus 33, 15 through 16, um, then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me, on your people? I love, because Moses was talking to God, like, face to face, you know, like, he, he was his friend. If, like, what will happen, like, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Come on, this is talking about the importance of God's presence, right? To be there with you in everything that you do. You are, you're at work, man. You are, wherever you're at, you're driving a car. 
Somebody cuts you off. Doesn't matter. You do things differently. I, I like to regularly say we're living in the upside down kingdom. The other world tells you to say something negative back, to punch back, right? And the, and the Bible that we, and the Lord that we serve and in the Bible that we read says turn the other face, right? It's literally contradicting every, everything that is in this world. But your, the presence of God is what will carry you and it will make you excel and exceed in your life above all this darkness in this world. Amen? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth, right? So, and in the, in the New Testament, when Jesus was praying, right, he, he wasn't saying to pull us out of the world. No, he said that, no, that we, we would be in the world, but the world would not be in us, amen? So, in this glimpse, we're, we're actually, uh, in this moment, we're catching a glimpse in the heart of intention uh, with what, how Moses sought the Lord, right? How he sought him. So for Moses, being in the presence of God was more than just uh, getting a revelation and, and power. He wanted God's presence to accompany him. It, meaning it was his lifestyle, right? Um, it's being in his presence, like it says, it's what separates us from this world, right? So God's presence, I want to point out, is not a, a luxury. It's, it's, a, it's a necessity for us, all right? If we are his followers, then his presence is absolutely essential in our life. We cannot live or function without God's presence, right? Uh, we cannot have a, a victorious life if, if we don't prioritize his presence. We can't. So his presence is so essential, amen? It's very essential. Can't be Christians without his presence. So... And remember, God's presence is what makes us distinct. People notice. And I'm going to get to that point, and it's going to be so awesome because Moses goes and spends time, and then there's results after that. Point number four, the secret place is for knowing the person of God, right? right. As I've mentioned, when you go on a date or stuff like that, you get to know your wife. You get to know your husband and when you're spending that one-on-one -on -one time. And in Exodus 33, 18, it says, and he said, please show me your glory, okay? So the purpose of spending time in the secret place is for God to show his glory. It's not necessarily all about us, right? Yes, in the, meaning, in the meantime, while you're doing that, you will receive fresh power. You'll receive more clarity, um, solutions to your problems you may face. But none of these should be the focus of your attention. It's... A focus on God it's his glory right it's about God because you just want to know the heart of God okay so the secret place is for God to show us his glory and Mo Moses really wanted to know that the person of God and what that's why I would say it made a lot more sense later when you look at Moses and every action he did follow that after that he was able to dialogue with God and says God that's pr not a good idea they got to the point where people uh, Israelites really got on the nerves of God. They were like, I can't do it anymore, M Moses. He pretty much says, move, I'm going to wipe him out. <laughs> and, and then Moses like, God, uh, I don't, it's not a good idea. You've brought us through so much stuff. So this is God convinced, uh, this is Moses conversing with God and telling him, I was like, God, it's, not a, it's a bad idea. Why? It's because Moses knew God. He was just like, conversing with him and that really got me motivated into my secret room and I realized like God I want to know you I want to spend time with you I want to know what uh, what frustrates you I want to know your heart right we're saying I want to know you I want to seek your voice I want to know you more amen uh, so 
<laughs> I love that. Thank you. Praise God. Jesus often went into the desert prayer. We see that even in the New Testament, right? Uh, he didn't go there because he needed more power or more spirit. Point, I want to point that out, right? He went there just to hang out with his dad. It really is. That's what it was, right? Jesus uh, simply wanted to spend time with his father. So, and I do believe God is stirring up our hearts. There's something that... Um, that the more this world, uh, uh, the noisier it gets, the more stuff there's in this world, the more we hear about wars and other things, it motivates me to push myself in that secret room to spend more time with God, right? To yearn after what, he, uh, what, what yearns after God's heart. So uh, point number five. Got a few more left here. The secret places where God reveals his secrets. <laughs> uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to flood you with some scriptures. There's a lot, but I want to literally, there's, it's, it's straight up out of scripture. It, it's, it goes from the beginning of time, uh, from prophets, Deuteronomy, 1 Corinthians. Check this out. I want to read them, and may that stir you up to find that secret place. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Come on. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Okay, cool. But the things that are revealed belong to us and, our, and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Colossians 1.26 the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to who? Saints. Whee! <laughs> That's us. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I was really, I was just doing a Holy Ghost two-step reading these passages. Like, <laughs> I Googled them. I just, because, you know, nowadays we live in a village, like any place that talks about secret place. And I just, and I, a lot of them, I read them, but I started reading them together. It was like a spiritual sandwich, and I really got fed. Matthew 13, 11, and he answered them, to you, to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. That's why, that's why Romans 8, 28 makes sense, right? All things work together for good. You're not shaking by any troubles in this world. Somebody just absolutely, you know, does something negative, says something to you, whatever it may be. You get in an argument with your husband or your wife. You're not reacting like people reacting of this world. You understand? Because you have a different perception, right? So, because you have the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. You got the keys. And we got the keys, right? Jesus went to the hell, got the keys, and he has given it to us. Praise God for that. Woo. Okay, point number six. We're flying through these. There will be results. <laughs> Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount uh, Sinai. Why am I? Sinai. Sinai. Okay. Because in Russian, it's Sinai, and I always send it, and it always messes with me. <laughs> now, uh, Sinai. And the two tablets of the testimony, uh, testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain. So, this is where the first tablets started. Silly dad joke. 
That Moses, uh, but check this out, it says that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone. So this, Moses just talks with God. He goes up on the mountain and just spends one, in, one with, time with God. It says that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Man, I'm telling you, you can tell the difference when you spend time with people that spend in the presence of God. Man, you just want to, you just, you're drawn to them because you're drawn to God that is within them. Okay, they really are just living the word of God, and I love that. And I, I was told, I mean, I'm gonna pat myself on the back now, not really true, but I literally, I know the times where I spend time with the God, uh, with the Lord, and I'm just throughout the day, whether I'm like working and I'm snow plowing, working the loader, but I'm just praying and I'm worshiping, and then like I come home and everybody's happier around me. <laughs> My kids are like, Dad, and, and I myself personally, and I know that, and people are like, what, what was going on? What's going on? You know, what, what happened with you? What juice are you drinking, you know? A lot of Red Bull or whatever. No, it's presence of God. It really does, sh it's shown, it's obvious. So Moses comes down, his face is shining, amazing. So Moses spent so much, so much time with God, like I said, it was a regular thing, that, but it reflected even on his face. So people will see, right? There will be evidence, and it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to hide it. There will be fruit. Uh, look at John uh, chapter 15, verse 4 through 5. It says, abide in me. So this is also we're talking about being connected to the vine, right? Being with one with God. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine... Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me. So, yeah, you can last uh, a little bit. Branch, when you break off, it will stay green for a little bit. Like, but I want to, my idea here is to encourage you not to rely on a 90 minutes of just a church service experience for the rest of your week. Uh, watch what happens when you designate time to the Lord, when you find that secret place. Just watch what happens with you spiritually, emotionally, physically. Every aspect will be affected. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. So prayer and relationship with God will naturally produce fruit, right? Uh, more than the right strategy, more than degrees and some people go degree after degree, more than the thermometer and they have so many, right? Uh, but Nothing, even finances. People will have finances. They, they're like, I have everything, all my ducks in the row. I have my 401k. I have my future planned out. But they're still not finding some peace. Why is that? Because they don't have that secret place. And then you have a person that could live very simply, just have enough to sustain. He has a family. He's full of life, full of happiness. Why? Because, you know, he has secret. To life, right? We have a secret to life. We have secret keys. And I thank God for that. Secret place with God has supernatural results. All right, last point. It will draw others to God. It really will. Exodus 33:10. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. You know, there's a lot of resemblance. We're reading, uh, you know, tabernacle and everything like that. And really, it reflects so prophetically into the future, right? And just what we're experiencing, how we, we can enter in the Holy of Holies. So it draws naturally others to God, the God that is within you. And I've pointed that out. So as you counter God, 
you will draw others to yourself and you'll be like, oh, I must be cool. <laughs> well, really, it's, it's not about you. It's about God in you, right? So it becomes almost like a, you become like a magnet in, in other ways. You know, it attracts people um, to the God that is in you. So in Exodus, uh, in Exodus 33.10, we see that the people were drawn to worship God in their own tents. So that means your place, your surrounding. Your tent could be your work, your place where you live, right? So as you counter, encounter God, you will draw others to God. Just as when Jesus, look, notice this in the New Testament, right? When Jesus spent time with his father, uh, disciples were like, we want that. Teach us how to pray, right? And because they wanted to have that kind of a relationship with God as Jesus did. Because Jesus like, you will do the same things. Lay the hands on the sick. Lay the hands on the demon possessed. You can cast out demons, all that. Jesus like, all authority I have given to you, right? He gives it all. And he says, that's possible, that is for you. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we want that. We want that too. See? And the disciples got all of a sudden hungry. So hopefully today, you see all my coffee and energy. <laughs> but that's outside of that thing. But you hear the words from the Lord that will draw, stir something up within you. That will make you want to make that impact and start changing your lifestyle. And turn into, bring in some of those holy habits. Come on. There's some really good habits. <laughs> Spend that one-on-one -on -one time with God. Amen? You won't always feel like it. Let me point that out. <laughs> uh, a lot of Psalms in the Bible. You see David. He's like, he doesn't feel like doing anything. He's like, ah, oh soul, why are you so troubled? Oh, this day sucks. It really is. Modern translation. Uh, it was just literally, and there's times where he's just like, comes in angry. Um, I love when Johnny shared about it. He was talking about bringing your real you to God, right? <laughs> like where, and you're just like, and David literally comes in hang, like angry a lot of times. Lord, wipe them out. Kill them. They don't deserve life. And then you see like just sway of emotions going from that to like, but I, Lord, will enter your courts with praise giving. I do this. And I loved it because despite of, you know, all this and back and forth, same thing happens continuously with Peter. But God was drawn to the sincere heart, right? He was always after the heart. And he loved that. And he calls David man after his own heart. Despite of his issues. So guess what? If you think you have a troubled past, you're in a good company. <laughs> but God wants to use that for his glory, right? He doesn't want you to continue to living in these troubles and struggles and just cannot be able to overcome this, the struggles or habits or bad habits that you have and addictions. God can give you strength, but you just come into my presence. Come into the court, inner court, right? Come and fellowship with me and see what I can do through you. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 3.2. You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone, right? So the seventh point was it will draw others to God. So it will. It is written. There's something that is within you which is only God can give. You can put up a positive vibes or whatever you want to call it. The reality is this. Something hits you on the side. If you're not grounded in God, you're going to quickly react rather than respond. You're going to be like, ah! And people are like, oh, he's a believer? He's a Christian? See, that guy just lost it. See what I mean? So the more we're grounded in God, the more uh, understanding we will have of this world. In every situation, everything that is facing our way, right? 
So God is inviting us today, I believe, into intimate fellowship with God. As, we're, as our church is moving into becoming the harvesters, and watch out, guys. We will need to do a lot of ministry. We'll continue need to serving people because we're going to have people coming from different story, uh, uh, backgrounds of life, different situations because people are hungry, but God is preparing us. And one of those preps is the inner room. Like, you know, in military before war uh, room, do that, they're called war room where they plan out. Any military people, like they have a place where they have a strategy. They go in there and they plan it out. I don't know. I think it's called war room. There's a few, I think, military terms that they use. Correct. Depends on the branch. Yeah. You're only U.S. Air Force, top notch. Just because <laughs> U.S. Air Force. <laughs> but literally, you go into the secret place where God is revealing you things and strategies. And I think we're in that season where we're spending more time with the Lord one-on-one. -on -one. And we will start reaping the harvest. People will start being drawn to you. One, which is the goal is, right? To save people. To bring them to the kingdom of light. Kingdom of, out of kingdom of darkness. Results are going to be evident. Your face is going to look different. You're going to respond differently. You're not going to react. Amen? Love this. Let me bring it back again to Matthew 6, 7. What I started with. This is a, this is a big sandwich. <laughs> Matthew 6, 7. But when you pray... Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who's in a secret place. He's in that stillness. He's in that quietness where you need to know. I thought about this. You know how on phone you have airplane mode? Wouldn't that be great if we had one on our brain? <laughs> that would be awesome. Because a lot of times we just can't shut those thoughts off, you know. And, but it is possible when you get and disconnect yourself from technology. Dude, put it, go ahead. If you're reading the, if, you're, if you don't have a physical Bible, if you would like to read Bible and have a British person read it to you, that's great. Just uh, put it in airplane mode. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good tip. So, because we're hooked on so many different things, right? Different apps. And like I've mentioned, nowadays it's hard to find alone time uh, through voices, apps, notifications, all this stuff. It's continuously distracting us. So we need to find time to isolate ourselves from all the surrounding noise, right? And find that one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. Um, if we never spend any time disconnected from the external, we will always be driven by agendas or the ideas from the outside, how you should do it, right? <laughs> Everything. It happens in the Christian realm or whatever. You know, there's people, because people are putting up front all the time. Like, the best places they go, whatever. Like, yeah, just me living my best life. And, like, I'm telling you, we can, we can focus on that. But what's the point? What's the point of that? When only you, you're responsible for you. <laughs> they will give an account before the Lord. So how they're walking out their faith. That's between them and God. Bless them. Focus on you. Be a little selfish. Sorry. I mean, in the, you, you get what I mean. Focus on your relationship with God. You know, notice how like on an airplane, when they go down, they say, put on your mask first for the oxygen before assisting others. Kind of like that. God is saying, get into the secret place. Put on your own face mask. Get that oxygen from the Lord. Get that life from God only he can give you. Amen? Hallelujah. So the secret place, a place where we meet God. Amen? This is a place where we can significantly impact our life. And life of others. I'm telling you guys, this is, these were, the, a lot of this stuff is from my journal. And they were the points that I've just, I've, like, this was my progress of faith and growth. 
but it was the greatest blessing I've had. And that's why when people come up to me and they say, wow, I've got four kids and you do this. And then you have also a, a, you know, other job. And how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I just do it. And God is there. Like it, and people say, and you're the only sole provider in your family. Yeah. And then like, and you tithe. Yeah, I tithe the regular of everything because that's God's promises. It's not more. And I don't even know how I got a credit card debt. And I was working, I think, less hours than I was before. It just is amazing that when you put God in first, when you're finding in that secret place, literally, God will direct your path. It says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. In all of your ways. Your job, your parenting, everything. Invite the Lord into every aspect of your life. And that happens, like, the more you spend time one-on-one with God in the secret place. All right? Find that secret place. Strive after that. Amen? And I love it. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't that great? This, that talks also about negative stuff. What you're doing negatively if you're bashing other people, I'll come out eventually too. There's nothing that's going to be hidden from God, right? But why not in those secret places spend more time with him and just watch what happens? Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for the word. That is more than a double-edged sword that you continue to speaking to us. You are preparing us. You're rising up your army to be confident in all what they do, Lord. I thank you for this precious time. Lord, help us to approach that and not take it lightly, Lord. To make it our habit to run and find that secret place, Lord. I pray for every person in this place right now. Lord, I pray for every husband, every wife, every child, Lord. I pray for parenting, Lord. I pray for every aspect, Lord. I pray for everybody's business, everybody's job, and every action, Lord. We just, we want to breathe your presence, Lord God. In this season of life, we're prioritizing your presence because, Lord, you are worthy. And, Lord, you said that you've revealed all the secrets, and you say, I'm giving it to you. You're giving it to us as your children. Lord, you have seated us in the heavenly places you have given us a different perspective than the people of this world and we thank you for that father god let this word father god take a deep root in our hearts and transform our spiritual realm lord that so that everything around us lord would flourish because we're putting you first just like you did lord like your disciples just like joseph that he put you first in all things and lord and you directed his paths lord and everything that you've spoken over this church over every, every person in this place father will come to pass because we put you first and in Jesus precious name we pray and we receive that and all of God's people said amen God is good be blessed thank you for joining us today please make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you'd like more information about our church please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com thanks again for listening and may God bless you today